you freaking auto? This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio. And Brooke Roy, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Who is the single most intriguing Seahawk? We threw it out to you guys, and not one person. Brock has texted in with the answer to this Mm. question. Not one. I see Michael Mm. Dixon and Jason Myers. I think those might be jokes. I see Witherspoon. I see Tariq Woolen. I see Blitz. Yes, Blitz is intriguing. I see Bobby Wagner, Jake Bobo, Jamal Adams. I see a lot of answers here. Ken Mm. Walker. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. But I don't see a single answer Mm. that gets us to... Number one. Draymond Jones, now Dre Jones, is the single most intriguing Seahawk heading into this year for a number of reasons. First of all, this is the biggest free agent contract Pete and John have ever given out. That's a pretty low bar because they've not delved too deeply into free agency. Because they, too, like to pivot and be flexible and nimble. Especially the top tier of free agency. But they made an exception for Draymond Jones. He was a first-day guy, not something that you normally see from the Seahawks. First wave of free agency, they went out, they identified him, and they said, we need to bring this guy in to help our defensive line. By the way, that comes after Pete Carroll said at the end of last year, can't do that again. Can't be pushed back the way we were. We can't allow other teams to run on us the way teams did last year. Well, What did they do to try to change it? The very first and biggest thing they did was go get Draymond Jones. Now, he plays a premier position. He does it in maybe a different way from what you might think and what the team needed. He's more of a penetrator than he is a two-gap stand there and dominate with his size. But he's real quick. Mark Schlereth, who saw him up close and personal in Denver for the last few years, says he can definitely play the run. Draymond Jones is not only a really good player, but he's a good run defender. Is he? I think he's way better. He's great, like good hands, plays with leverage, stacks guys, but he gets off blocks. And not only that, last year there was a game, and I think it was against Jacksonville, where they actually moved him to stand up outside linebacker. And he played the entirety of the game out there and was tremendous. Mm-hmm. Like, just tremendous out there. So he's a guy that has the ability to do a whole bunch of things. And and while I hear that from Mark Schlereth, and so much of it is positive, and he can stop the run and how he helps – I also hear that, you know, he's small enough that you can move him to outside linebacker. And while I I appreciate that he's versatile, I appreciate that he can do a lot of different things. The one question I have, and it's only because I have yet to see it, is, is he stout enough? Is he big enough to stop the run? And if he is, this is going to be a home run signing. And if not, you're going to say, geez, it's cool that they can get to the passer and they needed that. But if you're constantly giving up four, five, six, seven yards per carry, it's not going to matter much. Yep. Yeah, there's a couple couple zingers over the last month as we've chatted with so many players. And thank you to, to NASA and Dave and the Seahawks whole PR staff to get so many of their voices on our station, on our show with Bump and Stays, Bob and Dave. Man, we've talked to just about everybody. But when Dre was asked that, and we asked him, you know, can you and will this group? And what did he say? Three yards or less, man. Mm-hmm. It's three yards or less. It's pretty simple. Man, we, we got to get, man, it's not going to be every run, but that's that's the aim and that's the goal. 
is, man, we got to have a lot more of those than we do the fives and the sevens and the eights because those gas you. Those keep the offense on schedule, and those lead you to be in the 30th ranked rush defense last year. So looking at him in person the other day, he wears 55. And I said this to you, right? Linebacker's number. Yeah, you got a little bit of a linebacker number. So I just looked it up. On the Seahawks roster, Draymond Jones is how big? What do they list him at? Don't look. Well, is this a self-reported height and weight, or is this an actual? I wasn't sure. I hear that now you can just self-report height and weight. 6'4", 215 or so. Is that true? He looked good last night, by the way. Six. Welcome back to Twitter. Did he look 6'4", 215, though? 6'3", <laughs> 215. Brock, you're, you're a body you're no. guy. No. Well, at the PL Fair, I would have been. I can't do that anymore. It's too, it's too offensive to have somebody right. guess your height and weight. 215? Uh, no, no, no. What's a, what's a good guess? I'm going to say 235, 240. But I don't know. I, 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 that'd be my guess. What is sixty? No, get it, get out of here. Back in the day, back in the day, what is Dre listed on the Seahawks roster? Six five two ninety. Okay. Try again. Six three. Yes. Ten. Six three is correct. Two ten. Way too heavy. Come down, just like the other guy. Come on down. Bring it down a little bit. <laughs> 275. 6'3", 281. Okay. Not self-reported when it's 281. That's pretty specific. Like Dane Looker, 159 well, maybe, a senior year. trying to fool people. So mad at my dad. Can't you just give me 160, Coach Heward? No, I can't, Dane. You're 159. Do you know the difference between 160 and 159 perception? Come on, Coach. No, Dane. I'm sorry. You want to put the two and a half pounds in your shorts and come back? So what's your some point? of the guys cheated. 6'3", 281. Frank Clark at the, with the Denver Broncos, 6'3", 272. When I looked at him, I thought, gosh, he looks a lot like Frank Clark. A little bit bigger, carries a little bit more mass, but there is a lot of Frank Clark. Could Frank Clark have slid in and, and, and played inside? Could have, but was more disruptive outside. Is the greatest football player on planet Earth right now, though, 280 pounds, playing inside? He is. He's Aaron Donald. And how does he do it? By being unbe- unbelievably disruptive. Good. So well, good news for them because Clint Hurt says that's exactly what he's been doing in practice. Play making in the backfield, pass rush. That's the stuff that's shown since we started practice. He's been living in the backfield, so counting on that to continue. He's been living in the backfield. Yep. Is that what he's going to do for this team? Is that what yes. they want him to do? Yes. Yeah. You want to see him if he's going to play forty snaps a game, right? If that would be 65 percent, ideally, right? 40, 45 snaps a game. You want to see fifty-five flashing in the backfield ten times. And he may not get any tackles. But he, he may get one tackle for loss or two. Or, But you want him disrupting the rhythm of that run game, which never happened. right? I think the simplest analogy and the easiest to understand is if you go out to Damon's Point at Ocean Shores, there's a Damon's Point. That's where we joke about that. That's of where course. Grandma Peg has my Oma's ashes out there at Damon's Point because she loves Damon more than the rest of us. That's fine. But if you go out to Ocean Shores, right, and you were out at Ocean Shores, and the waves come in. Like last year, the, the waves just came in. Yeah. The linebackers were right in the wash. There was nobody penetrating those waves. There was nobody just cutting through the waves and getting out there and surfing. Like, I can't even go out and surf. I can't go make a play because I'm just getting washed, and I'm a wash in all of this chaos. So he's going to bring some chaos. Now, if he is 281, I think Jaron's up a little bit from what he used to be here. 
right? Jaron also was about 290 out of college and played at that weight times here and was disruptive. And so maybe he'll have to carry a little more of the anchoring as Cam comes along and others come along. But yeah, you better expect, and he's intriguing because he paid him. He's intriguing because he has to make a difference. And he's intriguing because he's got the skill set to disrupt at the point of attack. Pretty darn cool. All right, there you go. He is our number one most intriguing Seahawk. Draymond Jones, Dre Jones, uh, number one. He will definitely, it's funny, he doesn't, I haven't really noticed him much in practice because he's not one of those D linemen when you see him, like, oh man, that dude's huge or something like that, where you're like, whoa, that he, he's going to, he's going to be something. He doesn't look like that. So what you really need to do is see him out on the field, see him play, see him in games. I can't wait. He'll be one of the first places that my eyes go to mm-hmm. once you see this team for real in a few weeks in September against the Rams because that's where they spent their money. That's where they decided to help their biggest weakness, and uh, that's a little different from anything they've ever done before. So he is number one. It's been a fun countdown all the way from 25 to 1, the most intriguing Seahawks heading into what promises to be a very intriguing season. Speaking of which, uh, I will have words with G. Scott coming up in 20 minutes. He insulted me last night. He entrapped me. Last night, he sent me a text message, including Justin and Mora, that was not only rude, but quite frankly, unfair. And I will uh, I will respond in kind coming up here in about 20, right after everything you actually need to know next. Brock and Salt, Sales Sports on 710. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Jamal Adams is at least somewhat back, Brock. He's out on the football field, which was the first thing everyone wanted to see. It's only for walkthroughs right now, but it's good to see him out there. And it's going to lead to some very interesting uh, roster construction and uh, personnel groupings out there. He really is kind of excited to see Love, Diggs, and Adams all out there at the same time. You know, right now we have have a bunch of guys out there that, uh, that fit together well. We look athletic. Uh, we're quick. There's 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 a mixture of you know the, the, the you know the years that they played and all and the experience that they have and what they bring. It's it's a it's a fun, exciting group. I can't wait to see these guys really start to mold together. It's the fastest team they've had since the Super Bowl, and, and certainly in the secondary, these these corners can run in a way that Richard and Browner you know could not. Now those guys have size. These guys have a willingness and a want to to still be physical. But Jamal is, I mean. He's not Cam Chancellor. Nobody is Cam Chancellor, but he's the one with a with a unique stopping we power. Were watching, I was showing Justin earlier today, Brock, the um, NFL Crunch Course video that I used to watch in the 1980s on VHS. Get yourself pumped up the for your NFL TV in it. Yeah. is a crunch course. Yeah. And they're showing all the crazy hits and like decapitations from earlier in the world of football. And Jamal would have thrived in that environment. Yes. I don't know if he would have stayed healthy, but yep. he absolutely would have thrived in that style of game. And maybe that's why I want to love him so badly. Got to be out on the field. Got to get it done. If he can, man, he would make this defense very, very fun to watch this year. Here's the second thing you need to know. What a day the Mariners had yesterday. They didn't play. They just flew home. And then Scott and some of the coaches ended up going out to football practice to see the Seahawks. But, man, did they have a good evening. Texas lost again. Seven straight losses now for the once mighty Rangers. Gets the Mariners back to just one game out in the division. Houston got spanked 17-1. to So now they're tied one game behind Texas. But Mariners would own that tiebreaker. They're, first of all, have one fewer loss and then also have 
have beaten the uh, Rangers head-to-head, and then Toronto lost as well. So the Mariners had themselves quite a day. They did, and these Texas Rangers, you said this earlier, a little bit like the Mariners earlier in the season where you're just finding ways to lose. On days that you hit, you think, okay, that, that's got to be enough. Like yesterday, they're ahead of the Twins, a couple mm-hmm. runs late in the game, and unfortunately, bullpen once again just gives it up. And other days they pitch, but then they can't hit, and they just can't put it together. But the Mariners never had a stretch like this. How many of the Rangers lost? Seven, lo- seven in a row. The Mariners have not lost more than four in a row all year long. The Rangers have now lost seven in a row. When the Mariners were finding ways to lose, they were hanging out around 500. Yes. The Rangers are finding a lot of ways to lose. And just like for them, when you know losing can be contagious for the Mariners, when guys get hot, that's contagious as well. It's funny how it's all so contagious. You know, whether it was a big hit or clean innings and just giving us a chance and, and passing the baton, the whole lineup. Up and down the lineup, everybody was hitting. Everybody was swinging at good pitches. That there was a focus that, that frankly was exciting to watch. And you know, and our pitching, like it has been, you know, generally answers the call. You know, day after day. And right now, we're playing the best baseball that we've played all year long. And 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 really, just great baseball. Period. Well, they'll be doing it again tonight. Royals in town for the first of three. They'll get going this evening with Bryce Miller on the hill. Here's the third thing you need to know. NFL cuts Tuesday, so we'll start to see some trades here over the next few days. Cardinals picked up quarterback Josh Dobbs. They traded former number 11 pick Isaiah Simmons for a seventh rounder, a guy who just doesn't really have a position right now. Seahawks, they still have some needs, certainly at wide receiver, defensive line, maybe even linebacker. If there's depth out there, Brock, they could use it. And they're going to find a way to get something done. I don't know exactly what it will be. It will be not, you know, Schefter will break it. Somebody will break it um, eventually here. But this market, Arizona started it with three trades, getting it nice and hot, nice and warmed up. You're going to see, you're going to see other activity. And this is where 14 years should come into play. 14 years of continuity between Pete and John, knowing exactly what they want. And 14 years of relationships and trust that you've engendered with your peers to truly, and maybe even more so with an AFC team, say, hey, listen, you know what? Hopefully we see you in the Super Bowl. <laughs> but we're not, you know, we're not competing with you. We're not in your division. But how can we do good by one another? Here's a, an area of some surplus for us. Maybe in that secondary, we need some of your surplus at wide receiver or interior defensive line or otherwise. So uh, I would expect something like that to happen. Uh, I do want to give a shout out. We haven't even mentioned this over the course of no. the last month or That's so. That's everything you need to know. Uh, but Coach uh, Stewie Christian uh, Shuey up there with the North Seattle Little League World mm. Series team making it all the way North to the East brink. Seattle. Yeah, the uh, semifinals yesterday. Uh, they just they pitched great, they hit great, play good defense, and unfortunately just couldn't quite get it done. What, what two days looking? ago, right? No, it was yesterday. They lost two days ago. It was oh, double okay. elimination. Yesterday, oh, it was double they, elimination. Sorry. Yesterday they had to win, beat the Cali team to play the <sighs> Texas team and. Coach uh, Shuey's crew. You know he's a former captain, uh, UW baseball guy. Good guy, great guy, and uh, had those I got, kids. I got to be honest. I know ball. people get into it, and I'm really happy for the kids and all that. I personally, I don't think less of anybody for watching it. I can't watch it. I, I, I just there's so I cannot bring myself to watch 12 year old kids on TV playing baseball. Mm. And I, I, it's, 
I don't know, man. It's it's that same thing. I'm just like I f- I feel like it's too young to put that on them. Yeah. And I know even th- though it's the experience of their life. I know. I, like I'm happy for them to do it. I, it doesn't bother me at all that it's happening. Yeah. I just can't bring myself to participate in it. If that Isn't makes it sense. interesting though, Christian Shuey, former captain, you know, baseball UW, and then the first base coach, Stosh Jackson, was in the Cubs organization. Huh. So probably not a surprise that coaching matters a little bit. Right. That, you know, you train them up, you teach them up, fundamentally do the right things and yep on the doorstep of the championship yeah. but they had an awesome awesome run Rock, Justin, i, I know it, you're super I into it loved it i love first of all i loved it because i wanted to play in it my whole life like <laughs> yes. when we were that age we would watch it together our teams would watch it together yeah, yeah. and it's gotten so much more the technology of it has gotten so much better because now with everybody mic'd up you can learn and and um absorb so much from those coaches yep. who are navigating emotional 12 year old (laughs) kids through the highest and hardest and most stressful. And they do it in such a a fantastic and wholesome way that I, that's why I love watching. I get enough of trying to navigate uh, emotional 12 year old kids at home. I I don't really (laughs) feel like that's something I I need on TV. (laughs) (laughs) That's not, that's not uh, something I need any more of in my life. I have plenty of that. Speaking of people uh, who are emotional and occasionally have the maturity of a 12 year old, G Scott's going to be in here in just a moment. He took shots at me yesterday via text message, and I'm going to respond in kind. I'm not happy with him. We'll deal with it next. I'm Brock and Salk. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. His text says, yeah, I'm with Salk. I prefer to watch 12-year-old kids lift weights in my garage. Oh, wait, that's Brock. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry about that. Thank you, Matt in Oregon. Appreciate the text. G. Scott's here. Man. What's up, dude? What's happening? I've been looking forward to this all week long. I feel cheated, though. Because my main man, Brock Hewitt, ain't here. Brock, where you at? What's up, bro? Yeah, you know, I got to, I got a lot of hugs. I got to see you. You know, I'm running around. Yeah. Yeah, every Friday now, out on the road. College mm-hmm. football season's beginning. So, you know, we got we got to get it going. But don't, don't, let's not get in the way. Salt's, yeah, I know. Salt's G- teased three different times. Well, Go ahead. He says he's got, uh, you know, some stuff he wants to get off his chest today. We got a text message yesterday with all the things that are on G's mind. Well, so me, I want to give him a platform. Let me go. Let me go three, two, one of what's on my mind. Number three. Yes. My wife is joining a fantasy football league this season. As you guys know, I don't like fantasy football. I don't Mm. really get into it. So I needed an expert. Mm. I text Mara and connect it to two of them together. So Mara, uh, look forward for my wife hitting you up. Their live draft is going to happen on Sunday. Thank you, Mara. You're awesome. I told her to text me. I got her. Number two. I am sick and tired of Justin traveling the world (laughs) and doing whatever he wants with he doesn't have to have no security clearance. People like me, I can't even have watch football with the fellas. This dude Justin goes everywhere. Betsy, I don't know. Betsy don't make it mandatory for him to do these things. That dude is always solo. Security mm. clearance is mm. You have to get something. Okay. okay. Are you are you talking like perma hall pass? Right. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? He's got like a special relationship like, clear pass. You, I mean, you getting ready to be married 25 years, Brock. Shout out yep. to you and Molly. Mm. Mm. Uh, Salk, you, you and Heather getting ready to be married 15 years. Been mm. together 21 years. Next week. There's mm. people like me been married 50, 11 times. And <laughs> yeah. then there's then there is this dude, Justin. Justin, how do you do it, bro? You be on these solo missions. and you Solo missions? Where you what be you going, bro? About? How do you get to do all 
all these things. I don't think Betsy exists. I don't know what you're talking about solo missions. First of all, we went on a double date last night, and uh, I I didn't send. I sent the picture to Mora and uh, Salk and Brock, and Brock was like, "Don't send that to G." It's like, well, oh, that's right. Like, he's yeah. not going to enjoy seeing this facade that he thinks right. that I have shattered okay. uh-huh. because she and I had a, had a night out. And the last <laughs> thing, real quick, and the last thing for all, you know. Like, I know what Mike, you want to get to here, so let's hear it. Yeah, Mike Salk yeah. hired me dang near nine years ago where he slapped the napkin across the table and gave me that very little salary. But anyways, he did. So that was like nine years ago. But over the last nine years, do you guys know that every time I call him, every single time, it is always a, a, what's up? What's up? Like, you ever have somebody answer the phone with you and it's like, what's up? Like, as in, like, I got two minutes to talk, maybe 30 seconds. And you've been doing me like this for years. So, and I'm sick and tired of it. But the, yesterday. You're sick and tired of it. Yesterday, his excuse was. Here's excuse. His excuse. Here's his excu- oh, excuse. Excuse me. Sorry. Reason. Thank his you. His reason was is, oh, I'm, I'm getting ready to take my daughter to this. That's the thing. What you don't understand. Every time yes. you blame your daughters yeah, on something. I'm not blaming them. Even when Heather hey, and the daughters when, are out of when town. You are, when you are a father who is as engaged in their kid's life as I am, you are constantly doing stuff with I'm and around right. your even kids. With, even with Heather and the kids. Yeah. Out of town, you still. Hey, I gotta go. I, gotta I talk plan to the kids my life so that I'm almost always busy. First of all, nobody calls me. The number of people that call me rather than text me includes my family. I'm old school, and that's it. And me. So that's true. One, Have I ever called you? Heck no. If you called so. me more, I would be so weirded out. I would probably like assume <laughs> that somebody was dying. I'd be like, oh, "Are you okay?" <laughs> I mean, G I, calls me all the time. Yes. And whenever he calls me, most of the time I don't answer because I'm busy. So, oh. Sometimes I call oh. him back as soon as I can because oh. I, you know, just in case. You guys heard him tell me. But yesterday so. I was on my way to this picnic with my my family. I had stopped into the grocery store to pick up some dinner mm-hmm. while walking between the grocery store and the car mm-hmm. where Heather and uh, Avery were waiting for me and Sassley, or maybe it was the other way around. Sure. The phone rings. I see it's G. It's like a free period to take a call. Absolutely. I had about, how long do you think it takes to walk from <laughs> QFC to the car? 30 seconds? A lot of things can happen in 30 seconds. So, go ahead. So mm-hmm. I answer the phone because I don't want him to give me grief today about not answering his calls and sending him right to voicemail. Mm-hmm. And I hear what he has to say. I address it in a in a fairly um, normal manner. Succeeds. And then I say, hey, man, I got to run because I'm going to do this. That's always your clothes. But I do have but to run. But it's always your clothes. It's entrapment. You call me at times busy. when I'm doing kid stuff and then want to know why you're not more important to me than my kids. Nah, You're bro. not. Even when Heather and them be out of town, it's no. the same thing. Well, then yeah. I'm golfing hey, and I found other things to do. I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta go pee. Yeah. Hey, I gotta go. I, gotta I mean, go what I'm hearing is you're not very high on his priority no, list. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it. Stop mm. calling me. You know what what you wanted to know yesterday could absolutely have been done with a text message. I love Salt. I love G's text, though. Salt can never talk to me for longer than 30 seconds. For the last nine years, he's always, in quotes, <laughs> about to do something. That's what I'm saying. I'm tired of it. You don't do bro. Like that, Brock Yo, doesn't uh, call me. Uh, uh, he'll give me half hour sometimes, Gene. I gotta be like, bro, I gotta you go. do me a favor. Wait, half hour? Here, oh, yeah. Hold on, you've actually talked for a half hour. There's sure. some things that I've never done for a half hour, but that's pretty <laughs> impressive. Will you do me a favor? <clears throat> call me when I'm in the car. I'll talk to you for as long as you want. If I'm in the car, I will talk and to you for as long as you want. If I'm lying. in my house, I won't talk He's to you. He's lying. I've talked, yep. to him in true. I've talked to him in the car before, and back then it was, hey, I got to take this call. Well, you be lying, bro. So, look, I think you should just start calling G now. 
Every no. time you get in the car, just start calling him. I don't like, want to call G. No, I'm not doing that. No, you don't, you don't like me. phone. You don't like phone talking. And G, I, 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 do. Res- I, like I respect talk. that you still phone talk because the majority of the world has just gone to texting. And yeah, I, I respect that. Idea. I really do like phone talk with 509, my friends. 509, I'm about to call you after the show. G, 509 says, G, you can call me, homie. We can shoot the breeze. 509, I'm about to call you. I'm, I'm calling you. Here's the, other, here's the last thing huh. on this. Mm. If G called me just to chat, I'd be happy to talk to him. He always calls me with something that's going to be a problem. Always. Like, like there's a, there's a great West Wing episode where he talks about how uh, he had a cat, and every time the cat was there, the cat would always bring him, like, you know, something dead and leave it on his doorstep for him to deal with. So he started to, you know, be worried every time he would see the cat because yep. he knew he was about to have to clean up some mouse. Mm-hmm. The only times G ever calls me is with a problem. It's never like, hey, man, what's going on? How are you? What's going on in your life? If it was that, of course I would talk to G. It's always like, hey, man, I have a problem. Let's talk about it. Like, dude, I don't want to talk about your problem. You're just making my wow. life more complicated every time you call me. Hey, and you and wonder Salk- why I don't want to chat, hey, especially hey. while I'm with my kids. Hey, Brock and Sock listeners, time out. Hold on. Don't move. Every, every well, word of that's on. true. Don't, don't, don't move. Did you guys... Just hear Mike Salk tell on himself as a manager. Go ahead and run that back again. Every says, time you bring every, me something, it's a problem. Every time he calls me, yes. it's a problem. Yes. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to help him with his problem. <laughs> well, not now. So then when I tell you. I don't you, want to help you now. I don't I, manage you I, anymore, I, thank I, God. But even when you manage me, you acted the same damn way. Except then I had to deal with it. I would have to answer and deal with whatever stupid problem uh, you created. Okay. Now I don't have to deal All with right. it anymore, which is All wonderful. Right. Oh, you know what? This is a great segui. You're giving me a great segui right here. What word is that? Uh, it's like Segway, but in Brock language. But, you know, if you look at it on paper, it sounds like Segui. A great Segui on how to manage people. Gee, I wanted to ask you about this. I had a little revelation. I gave you a little snippet of it earlier. When you're revel- this- Where were you when you had this revelation? Oh, bathtub. That's Bruh. my thinking time. Oh, He's the bathtub yeah, 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 yeah. Bathtub thinking <sighs> revelation time. Go ahead. So play this sound from Coach Carroll on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not yesterday where he announced that the Jamal's off pup. This was earlier in the week uh-huh. where Pete's been kind of massaging and navigating this Jamal Adams situation. Yeah, it's, it's in our conversation right now. And uh, there's a chance we'll have Matt Cadre tomorrow. So that would be a, that's a big step for him to go forward, but it isn't a step that means that he's going to be back out practicing yet. You know, but we, we want to get him in the flow again. Looking at the weeks that we have to build up and the, the preparation time, um, he, he's ready to do that. And, and I, I brought it up to him, and he, he responded really well. So I think probably tomorrow or the next day we'll get that done. I brought it up to him. Hey man, you you ready? <laughs> You brought it up to who? Jamal? That's what In Pete our said. conversation. Pete See, this is, I brought it no, up to no, him. Okay, go ahead. This is the opposite, uh-huh. right? This is, uh, this is Pete dealing with problems because that's been 14 years what you have to do in the NFL. You've got to deal with constant challenges, right? Constant adversities, all sorts of relationships, different players. Sure. And, and I heard that. I'm like, man, there's not another player on this team this year where you would hear a phrase like that. You know, in our conversations, you know, and I brought it up to him. What do you think? You know, like – are we, are we ready to go? There is a sensitivity to Jamal's situation that I think is more unique than any other player on this team. Sure. You feel that? Um, I can answer yes, because I also don't think that right now that there is a player on the team that has, um, I'm not saying that they don't face adversity, but I don't think that there's a player on the team that has 
kind of face what Jamal has faced, especially over the last two years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the reasons why Jamal is not on the field has nothing to do with want to. It has to do with injury, number one. And yep. number two, this last injury that he just had, it was a real serious one. Like, and, and one of those that I think that when he writes his book in years to come, I think that's one that he's going to share with any, with folks. I, Brock, you can have answer. Have you seen the scar on his leg, by the way? I have not. Okay, there's a picture yesterday. I think CX maybe tweeted that the Perez is back. Look at yeah. the scar, G. It, it represents what you're saying. Yeah. You know, ACL scars, we see, and we see all these shoulder repairs, right? You're used to seeing lots of different scars. Sure. This zipper was like, I don't know, um, three, four inches up his knee as they had to reattach that quad tendon sure. to the femur or whatever it was. Yeah. And all of that process, there is a want to, there is a love for the game. I will never, ever question that, ever. But there is something to work through, as you're saying, what I hear you saying is this was different. This was different. And it was different, and I think this is where Pete Carroll um, is the master in the league. Pete Carroll, you, you know the old saying, uh, treat everybody fairly, but maybe not all the same. And I think Pete Carroll is a real master and guru with not just how he talks to the players personally, one-on-one, but how he talks to, when he comes on the show with you guys, how he talks about the players. That right there is a skill in itself. Because remember, when... Pete Carroll comes on to um, talk to you guys every week after the game. Jamal might not be listening, but Jamal's people Mm. are listening. His family is listening. Maybe his dad is listening. And as a dad myself. You do that? Yes. When Ryan Ryan Day has a press conference and they're talking about guys and he – goes to talk about my son. Like, he talked about him, like, about three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Look, look, let me be honest with y'all. I rewind it. I listen. I listen for context. I listen to try to see what yeah. you're trying to say. So Pete Carroll understands that. So when guys are coming back from injury, I have learned that, yeah, they're, the timetable looks like they're supposed to come back on this day, but sometimes... Things don't go right. And so we, the fans, are like, yo, Jamal, where you at, man? Okay, where you at? So the Seahawks just now says, okay, he passed his physical. He's ready to go out there. So when we when they say he's ready to go, as a fan, us, we like, cool. Jamal, he's 100%. Uh, there's steps to getting to 100%. I think all that is true, but I also hear Pete sort of talking to Jamal. Like, hey, man, let's go. I hear both of those things. I think I hear what Brock's saying and what you're saying. Hey, we've given you a lot of time. We know this is a serious injury. We're going to protect you in the way I say it. Disagree. But also, hey, dude, let's go. Disagree. Time to get out there. Disagree. Really? No. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, 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 do thought dis- I, I thought I sensed a little I, P I, I, no. kind, of, kind of pushing like, no, hey, man, let's no, go. Let's go. No. Because, because time, th- time to go. Because, again, I want to say, Brock, this is what Pete Carroll is really good at. The reason why he has been here for 13 years Because he is really a master when it comes to people. One of the things that I've heard him say all the time, no matter what, a culture is made up about people. To win games is about people. It's getting the best out of people. We can sit here and talk about the 40s and how fast they are and how strong they are and how tall and measurables and all those things. 
man, don't none of that matter because until you find out what's inside. And where Pete Carroll is strong at is getting what's inside. Let, let me ask both of you guys a question. I'll start with G, and then Brock, I'll bounce it over to you. So, simple question. Uh-huh. You're John Schneider. Uh-huh. You can make one move between now and the beginning of the season. You can bring in one player. You don't have to give me a name, but give me the position. What is it you need? You get one between now and a couple of weeks from now when you play against the Rams. G, what is the one type of player you still want to bring into this team? D line. Mm-hmm. D line. I want to. I, I want to. I want to bring in the D line, and the reason why I say that this is no disrespect because I think about this team right here. It is the question mark that I have when you say D lineman. What kind of D-line? Because there's a lot of different shapes and sizes. Uh, uh, Three-tech, D-tackle. Uh, I'm okay with the pass rush. I think that's going to be fine. I think the D-tackle and stuff like that, I think there is so much unknown with that. And how I would do that, what would I do to get somebody in there? I think right now, and, and don't ask me who because you tried this last week, but right now, Brock, in that secondary, I think there is so much talent. I mean, I think all of those guys in the secondary are going to get paid in their second contract. Just there's not enough room for all of them to get paid here. So I'm going to take one of those DBs and I'm going to go out there and get a D tackle. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. You can't have – it's like Mariners pitching, Salk. You cannot have enough D linemen. I know there's a lot of positions you say that about and guys get nicked up in the secondary and they get nicked up at receiver and they're thin there right Running back since Marshawn Lynch. There are a ton of positions you can say that about. But you just look at the teams that are left standing, right, time and again in January. And what is it? Man, they got horses in the stable up front. When the Seahawks in 12 and 13 and 14 and 15, and, you know, G and I were talking at the coffee the other day, man, had they won that Super Bowl? And that's why KJ was in such pain on Wednesday. They win that Super Bowl. That's, That's the best defense I mean, you go right down there. Right now, you're you're in the conversation with Tampa. You're in it with Baltimore. You're in it with the Bears. All those teams won one. You went back to back. You're like, yeah, greatest. man. You might be the greatest of all time. Yeah. And what did that crew have? Waves of mm. defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'll it used tell to be you the one thing that, we said. They found like they, oh, John could always just find a D lineman, mm-hmm. right? The Tony McDaniels of the world. The guys he would just sort of find, and be like, oh yeah, that guy's. Pretty good. Where because he, come he needed from? that one to fit in with, and, and with those all guys the rest. Branch, Alan but, Branch. But you had the you you had the foundation of the other pieces. Right. You had Bennett. You had Averill. You had uh, Mebane. So you just needed that one other puzzle piece. You can find that. This is adding this year now a, a whole new puzzle. I mean, if they could There's find a, whole a Tony McDaniel right now, that would be awesome. You know, you know, right? Don't you think? If they could find this yeah, Tom Rubin right now, if they could find an Allen Branch right now, if they could find any of those three guys, you know, is it? You know, you'd be gold. You know, it's interesting. If you talk to all of the guys of the past about the D-line and the person that really made it work, it is the guy that most of us didn't even talk about while it's he me was bang. here. Come me on, bang. Brock. Of course it was me, bang. It was me, Bang. I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll myself included, even though he's a friend of mine, myself included. We did not talk about me, Bang, enough. Well, and the only reason I didn't mention him there is because he's the only one John didn't find. He preceded yeah, he predated the crew. Uh, no, no, mm-hmm. I, I know. But he was, yeah. I mean, he's absolutely the guy up front. I just thought, was saying, look, John could find a Tony McDaniel. He could find an Ataba Rubin and Alan Branch. There's a few others in there. What was the other guy's name? Quentin McDonald. I mean, like, John is just really good at finding those and, 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 and on a on another level, this isn't a John Schneider thing. This is a 
league right. thing. Players don't rep it at D-line like they rep at linebacker in DB and 7-on-7. Seven seven. There is nothing to help them replicate and okay. get those reps. So so let's uh, we're all in agreement. If there's one need, it's absolutely on the defensive line to stop the run. Okay. If there's two needs, where are you going second? Because for me, it's wide receiver, and I can't believe I'm saying that, given like where they started the year and given where the weaponry is at. But no D. Eskridge for at least the first six weeks, and I think I'd be just fine if that was the end. Fair. Uh, no Jackson Smith and Jigba for week one, based on the, the, the timeline that Pete Carroll laid out, say in three to four weeks. Um, no uh, Derek Young, as he's most likely going to have surgery to his core or his hip or whatever it is. So that's three of your top five wide receivers. You've got your top two. Mm-hmm. And right now, if I read the tea leaves right, your number three wide receiver, I think, is Jake Bobo, who's an undrafted who's never played a down in the NFL. And after that, it's Kate Johnson and, you know, Aesop and like a bunch of guys that are, for the most part, practice squad dudes. You going to go out and find a wide receiver? Well, Salk, uh, this is a boring segment because I'm going to find myself agreeing with Salk. He's right. Oh, gee. Terrible. What do you, I mean, gee. are you going to disagree with him? You got another position? Brock is Brock uh, thinks they need linebackers. I bet you he goes linebacker. No, no, no. It's 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 wide receiver. No, no, <laughs> no. With Jamal coming back at linebacker, no. Yeah, I mean, their depth at linebacker. If you if you were to lose Bobby or Devin, then yeah, then I think there's a great debate with wide receiver or linebacker. But and you don't want G. You don't want Julio Jones, right? You're not touching Sammy Watkins or Jarvis. I mean, Jarvis Landry is the most intriguing street free agent to me. Because he's got some of that dog in him, and he can play inside and, and kind of maybe allow Jackson to get to 100%. Seems like he'd be kind of a fun Seahawk, don't you think? That he'd fit just with what who they are and what they like to do. so beat up. Yeah, but I, you're not looking to sign him for the next five years, and if he could help you for the first six games? There's a reason he's out there. The I know. Street. I understand that, because well, most teams need somebody to help them all year long. Well, just remember. You might not. Just remember, whoever that person would be, if we're asking for that veteran, right, it, that person would be vested. So what does that mean? I know. That, they're guaranteed. That means they're yeah. guaranteed. So as soon as they show up week one, you know you know, who taught me that? <laughs> Edron James. Edron James, when I used to drive for Edron James, and by the way, he used to always talk like this here. Let's see, G. Let me see where the Edge want to go eat at today. <laughs> That's the Edge. Let me see. Where we go. Let me go. You know, first, I'm going to oh. hustle these folks for this money. Let me go in there. Let me show you. Let me get that money for G, the day. I G, get the Edge, G, baby. Did I ever tell you off the air my Edron story? What you got? When we played. Oh, I can't share it on the air. No. <laughs> oh, oh, Edron. How can I say this? Edge. Edron did things that. If social yeah. media was out today, yes. Edge would have played six months this, in a league. Is this the party song? Yes. Yeah, I've heard this story. Peyton it's, was it's pretty good. Peyton and Edger and almost got into it. It's we played down in Miami, the Dolphins. And okay. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And my roommate, young rookie linebacker, had no idea. Did I get invited into the vans from the hotel for the three hours in between the, the landing and the meetings? I did not. Did my <laughs> young rookie roommate, E linebacker, he did. Okay. And did he come back like, I just can't believe. It. I just, I mean, he couldn't even speak. What did he do? What did he do? Uh, I don't know. Uh, 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 we'll just leave the story right well, there. To anyways, your all right. Well, my, my, my guy. Surprising Edge. that Edge didn't play for the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Edge taught me. He's the one that taught me. He said, look here, let me tell you right now. Once that national anthem play, Edge check good for the season. <laughs> That's all I care about. 
And so that's why I always talk about with vested guys. And that's what you're looking for, really, out of your players, right? You're really looking for guys that know that it vests the moment the national anthem plays and the check's good after that. That's that's the kind of guy you want to make sure you find. I mean, Mara, Justin, do you guys look forward to payday? Yeah. Everybody looks forward to payday. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Everybody looks forward to payday. But the people who only think about payday, those are the ones you probably want to watch out for. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I think you I think you know that to be true. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think, Mike Salk, go ahead. You're right. I think that that is what we – I mean, we have to see it, right? We will see a wide receiver come in here. Who that is, I don't know, but it is for sure needed. Mm-hmm. Any sure. of the current guys, you know, after your top three, any of the current guys intrigue you? No. You talking about wide receivers? Yeah. No. Landers or Cade or Aesop or – Bobo. I mean, Bobo intrigues you. Bobo, Bobo. How does he not? You know, Bobo. Bobo just always open. No, no. Bobo's, Bobo's good. Uh, Bobo's good. Like, Jackson and I talk about him a lot, and, you know, Jackson really loves him. Again, I, I learned from him about him. So my opinion that I'm saying is right from his mouth is how incredible he is pre-snap, right? The dude is smart. His first school, I think he went to Duke, right? Yep, yep. You know what I'm saying? So the dude understands NFL it with the UCLA, mm-hmm. right? Under Chip Kelly. You guys yep. know Cerebro, Chip, Chip Kelly. And sometimes, if, Brock, you know better than me, to be a football player, sometimes, yeah, you could be talented and all those things. But, yo, you got to be smart. Well, you got to be you got to be smart in this way, G. And yeah. this is what he smart has. In these four nine four. And in the, these undrafted guys, when you think about it, and after I say this, you're going to like be nodding, like, "Yep, uh huh, that's Doug. Yep, uh huh." These undrafted guys that made it, they realize what they're not. They don't try to pretend to be something that Bobo doesn't try to pretend to be a four four guy. Like, hey man, I know my clock says this, but I'm really a four four guy, and I'm delusional, and I'm gonna. <laughs> I can still no no no. I know what so I he's am. He's not running go routes. I need, uh, but if I do, I got to leverage every inch of it. I got to yeah. get in the body of that DB, and I got to right. win right off the jump. And I got to take this little piece of real estate, and I got to. And when I run this route, there could be no false step, <laughs> and I've got to. You know, like I know what I'm not. So I better maximize everything I am. And that's usually when the undrafted free agents that make it and those have become great. The John Randalls, the Doug Baldwins have become great, great. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they take that to the next level. I think a lot of times that. we as fans, all of us, we judge players. Like, for example, how many times do we talk about Bobo running a 4-9, right, in his 40? And we talk a lot about measurables. Well, that person ran this or that person lifted this and that person jumped this. All those things. Or that person's too tall or too, too short. Where the truth is, how and how long guys make it in the NFL has nothing to do with how fast they are. It has to do with something that is hard to measure, and it is that hard. So when it comes to Bobo, and we have an opportunity, because I do think he'll make the 53, when we get to see him out here, does he is he have that dog in him? That, uh, that dog in him. By the way, if it does have to do with speed and measurables... Watch out for that Landers dude, because he's got both of those in spades, man. He is tall. Mm-hmm. He is fast as hell. And if he can just run back kicks or something, mm-hmm. I'm at least intrigued. Is he na- is he nasty? No, I don't. No, I haven't no. seen any. I, yeah. I'm not. Get, I'm not saying any of that. We, we, we don't know measurables. He's he's got those. He is real fast. When Pete Carroll highlights tall. your blocking as he did on Charbonnet's 26 yard yeah. run with Bobo, that's yeah. all you need to know. All that's right. what you're G, talking about. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'm glad yeah, we cleared up our phone, differences. You answer the phone? Not after today. No. Now I think I've learned. Uh, I, I'm going to the text line. A lot of y'all said call me. Watch. I'm about to call one of y'all right now <laughs> and just talk. Yep. 
Is it the one that called you fam? <laughs> Which one of these? I'm about, I'm about to call. Do it live on the air. Let's see. Do it live on the air. Here we go. Let's oh, see. We're hey. over on time. We, we don't oh, have time for that right now. G's got the light on on his phone like an old man. Like it's a mess over there three, right now. Hey, three six zero. Oh, I'm about to call you right now. <laughs> the one that says G sounds Nine, really high four. maintenance. Uh, three four. The three six zero oh, that says G sounds really high Let's maintenance. Yeah. Would you get that light out of my face? Jeez. His flashlights on. Let me yes. see. Let me see. What's going on here? Here? Hey, you going, man? You, come on, don't pull a sock on me. Like everybody else. I'm out of air. He puts your call straight to voicemail. Oh, no. He's like, I don't know this number. They're not going to answer. Oh, no. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, wow. What's going on? Talk about your all time oh, backfires. Sorry, G. Didn't work out for oh, you. You didn't answer the Three six zero. You have to go listen to G with oh. Ursula every day over in our sister station, ninety seven three Cairo News Radio. We'll be right back. It's Brock and Salt Sales Sports on seven ten.